Hey, I'm Madeline Butini, the host of 1-800-MAD-BUT. I'm a visual artist from Australia on a conversational journey to call up and talk with the best artists, entrepreneurs and visionaries of our time. Join myself and my guests as we unravel the stories behind their breathtaking creations and groundbreaking businesses. Make sure to check out our Instagram for extra show notes. You can view it at 1-800-MADBUT. All right, cool. Let's get into it. Hey, Jimmy. How are you going? Hey, Maddie. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Thank You're you. All right? Yeah. Um, thanks so much for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. So happy to be here. This is uh, this is great. I know. I'm excited because I think you will add some value to everyone who's listening. There's a few people that I've interviewed who run businesses like at just with an ABN, um, but I haven't yet spoken to someone who runs like an agency, I guess, per se. <laughs> So I'm really excited to have a chat. I'll try and I'll try and step that up for you. I'll try and make it make it worth the while. No, it's gonna be great. So we'll start off with the first question, which is tell us who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm I'm Jimmy Patch and uh, I, I am an illustrator and uh, and an animator, but I also run an agency called Patch Creative and uh, have been for, for quite a few years now. It's um it's still going and we're still here. Yeah, nice. So when did Patch Creative, it's Patch Creative Co. Sorry, I had it up and then I had a technical difficulty. <laughs> totally, totally cool. So we've got, we've got um, Patch Creative is is the agency um, and we, you know, ABN wise, we're, we're Jimmy Patch Creative, um, PTY LTD. So we, we've got the full company uh, <laughs> company set up. But yeah, um, so so as I guess as an agency, it's a, it's a bit hard to kind of give it a an exact start date because it was actually an evolution from um, being a being a, a freelancer. I guess um, I never intended to start a business um, or set up a company in any way i was quite happy um you know stuffing around drawing drawing pictures and and just kind of having fun with it uh but it, it's just kind of the direction that it went and and to be honest i was i was pretty happy with with how that landed yeah amazing yeah no dude like some businesses just evolve into it but i do have a question this is actually a personal question Far did you think that investing in a company was a good idea for you or was it only when you moved into an agency type setting that it worked? Well, it, it kind of, it, it just became a necessity. Um, I was, I was operating as a sole trader for, for quite a few years. And from what I've understood and, and what I, the research I sort of did at the time was there is like a certain point where they suggest that you, um, and when I say certain point, I mean certain amount of money that you're bringing in that you actually you move from being a sole trader to to set up a company. And there's there's lots of different ways. And you know, disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer alert that you know get actual advice before you listen to to this guy on the podcast. Um, but I think I think you um, you can go go in a few different directions of how you set things up, and it it, it um, sort of helps you helps you just establish a different presence in in how you. Um, uh, work with clients, how you handle the money, the taxes, all that kind of thing. So to be honest, I think I went a bit past that point and I probably should have done it a bit sooner, but just kind of put it off because it was quite a big transition. Um, and my, from my experience, it really, 
<laughs> it, I, th I wish I did it sooner because it's it's kind of like a bit of a sole trader hangover that's happening at the moment that I uh, I think is still kind of still kind of dragging a little bit. But now now we are a company we have been for a couple of um, couple of years. It's it's been pretty good and and made it a lot easier to operate. That's so exciting! Like honestly, like to be like hey, I'm going to from sole trader company. Like I dream of that day that I could do that. My partner was actually like you should just put all your other things under the company. And I was just like, money. And I'm not really at that threshold yet. <laughs> no. Quite good. Yeah, look, and that, that's it. I mean, it's it's sort of when it feels comfortable, I think you can make that change. And and it's also, I think a big part of it's like the journey that you want as well. Like, are you are you kind of wanting to to be, become a business? Are you wanting to have like employees? Are you wanting to have people work for you? Or is it more about how you run in an efficient way? Um, because there's there's arguments for all of them. Um, I mean, with with staff and with with agency sort of studio responsibilities comes a lot more complexity in how you operate and how you work with different people and how you have to sort of take on clients and that kind of thing whereas if you're you are just sort of operating as an artist you can you can work a lot freer but you do have sort of other obligations that that can get in the way you know maybe it's the clients you reach that kind of thing but but it's, everyone's different i think it comes down to different disciplines it comes down to different people as well like some people aren't business people some people just want to be an artist and and that's awesome you don't have to go the business route um i never intended to but i, I kind of started enjoying it really <laughs> sort of went oh yeah cool i could do the business thing let's see how that goes yeah so um, have you ever done the, pers the DISC personality test? I have. Um, not for a while. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if it's yeah. changed much. I actually can't remember what it is, but, yeah, I have I have done it once or twice. Yeah, so from memory, don't worry, I could be totally wrong about this as well, but we did it at my part-time work, and it's based off um, Carl Jung, who is a psychologist, and he sees how you fit in the scope of your personality and other people. So like there's a D type or something in that. There's an I type, which is influential. I can't remember any of the other ones because I was an I. I thought I would be a D, but I'm just influential. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's like how you mesh well with things. And it, depending on what your personality type is, apparently that's how effective of a leader you can be. And um, I guess, it also works well with like working within teams and things like that. But I mean, all that shit is bullshit if you really don't believe in it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look, I think I, I, I'm with you, Maddie. I think there's a lot to it. And I, I think whether you can i think whether you can actually label it in that way which which can be valuable a lot of the time or even just having like a i guess a, a bit of a cognitive understanding that everyone does operate in different ways and um that it, there's such a benefit in that and i think i think we can get quite caught up in thinking well this is how i'm thinking about something this is how i want to action it and this is what i think the most important thing is but then when you have a conversation with the rest of your team or other people you might be collaborating with you start to go oh actually they're looking at this from a completely different perspective and you see that you can actually if you're open to it you can see the value in that perspective um and i think i think as as creatives it's very easy to kind of get this idea 
idea that everyone thinks creatively and everyone's kind of on the same plane, but really we're kind of a minority in the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. My favourite question is what when clients are like, um, just come to me with a brief. And it's like, dude, I can't read your mind. Like, I know you're thinking of something completely different to what I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's and, and it's the, I'll, I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> just show me. Yeah. Just show me something. <laughs> oh, that's one of the worst. <laughs> oh, I have a friend who I'm doing like a, I wanted to, he wanted me to do like a friend job for him. Like, it's only like a couple hundred bucks. And like, he was like, oh, can you drop some sketches for me? I have a brief, but can you draw some sketches? And I was like, no, like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need that money that bad, really. Like, no, no. give it to someone else. Like, I don't want to the hassle of having a sketch up a design for you. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's, and it's so, it's so funny. We've, what I've sort of found with as we've, we've kind of, we've got such a, and I say we as in the, the agency, but, there's such a diversity of clients and that level of understanding that yes, you can pay for all, like you can pay for me to do revision after revision after revision, but I, I will sort of push back on that because is it right for the project? Is doing more revisions actually going to deliver you with a better, you know, more creative option or is it better to listen to the actual creative team or creative person on what the best thing to present is and i think i think it's such a big thing i i have a lot of respect for artists um such as yourself maddie who who have a really um you know strong style they have a they know what their voice is they know what their, their sort of style is so if people are wanting to have that piece of a piece of work from that person even if it's a commission they have that appreciation that what's coming out of that is going to be in that style and that's what they're going to get there's no sort of discussion on how to do it differently and i i think as an agency that can that that kind of point can get a little bit diluted and it's because like i think people need to so sorry maddie i'm i'm losing you a bit on the connection it's um you i think you've frozen that's up right. no can you hear me now yeah that's better sorry no it's okay man saint lucia's it's local but i'm going to tell you right now the internet here fucking sucks um that, that, that's much better um, now actually Okay, yeah, you just keep letting me know. So um, how many employees do you have at your agency and what are their roles? Like is it just you doing the creatives or is there other people doing creatives as well? Yeah, um, so at the moment um, I've got two uh, two permanent employees, um, one who's, well, including myself, it'll be three, um, uh, one who's uh, uh, basically handling like a, uh, she, her role is, um, uh, I always forget this, studio, studio and pro projects coordinator um, and she'll she'll handle a lot of the client um, connections uh, and she's an absolute rock star. She's, um, she's kind of really helped me um pull the business out of a of a, a place where i was getting quite frustrated with it and she um yeah she it's uh, 
having someone like that who is so driven, so invested in what you do is such a honor. It's an incredible honor for a start to have someone who buys into to your vision, but also it's someone who can actually deliver and present a lot of work that they're really proud of as well. And they want to, they want to do it. So that's been fantastic to have that person um, involved in, in the business. Um, then, then we've also got a finance person because uh, I'm very happy to hand that side of the business over and uh, not have to do that um, or focus on that too much more. Um, definitely not my forte. I, I know how to do it and I've worked it all out, but, God, I hate that so much. It's the worst. Um, yeah, I think most creatives have similar similar kind of mindsets. But yeah, no, that was that was one part. I was I was happy to hand over and happy to have managed as well, because I just I I didn't manage it well. I'm I'm too irresponsible. I'm like you know, money comes in, sweet. Yeah, what what on your computer? Yeah, sweet. Let's do it. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that that's the other role, and then. Um, uh, we've got we've got a pool of contractors that we use as well. So um, we we have regular people that we we call in and we we get them to come work on projects with us and help us deliver basically. Uh, because I, I think it's it's great to kind of and and this has been one part that I've had a lot of trouble with is is kind of getting myself off the tools and not necessarily being that person who's who's creating and doing the sort of heavy heavy lifting of it but being more of a visionary in the sense that i'm i'm creative directing the process but i'm also looking towards where the business is going and and what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to do um which is which has been kind of a more recent step um you know probably early last year we had a had a pretty tough first six months of the year and you know i was i was pulling 15 hour days easily um it was it was non-stop it was you know going to bed at 1 a.m getting up at five to keep the work going and then just trying to trying to keep maintain that and yeah i was shot like it's um i wasn't enjoying it either it wasn't fun it was just just trying to deliver for clients and um, yeah, and I just got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't actually do this by myself. This isn't a freelance operation anymore. This is a company. And I, I had, I'd been sort of thinking that way for a while, but I hadn't actually taken it seriously. And and that's where that that change sort of happened. So, I think I think it's yeah, it's really it really has kind of moved in a in a great direction. And and that's that's definitely a more recent thing. Um, and I, I'm actually finding now that I've kind of stepped back and I'm I'm being more of a visionary. I've got more time to kind of work on like self-funded projects that I can I can produce for for the company to put forward and and for myself to put forward. And I'm actually sort of doing full circle and becoming an artist again while the agency works over there to the side. So yeah, it's been a been a weird journey. Yeah, wow. This is like man, the hustle. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly it. And and I think it's um it, it's been worth it. And I'm really I'm enjoying it. And I wanna I really want to see it all succeed and grow. Um but yeah look I'm I'm sort of sort of mid 30s moving towards 40s now and and it is getting a bit exhausting to to hustle so hard um but i think like i had two weeks off over christmas and i was like yeah i'm kind of i'm ready to get back into it now so i do worry if i if i do slow down too much i might get a little bit bored yeah yeah amazing <laughs> no i i get it don't worry sometimes i have a break from my art for a bit i mean i had a, like a good like year and a half break but that was like really nice and then I was making like here and there 
and now I just kind of just do intuitively whatever I want, like, because I don't really, like, you know, I don't rely on it as my main income. So, like, over the break, I bought a wiki wiki wow little DJ thing. So DG, DDJ FLX4, so I can teach nice. myself how to DJ. Oh, that's I was all- teaching myself how to do animation, and I was like, man, this shit is way too addictive. <sighs> like, I was like... <laughs> stop (laughs) oh and it totally is i mean yeah djing go go djing don't do animation (laughs) no i mean animation's awesome but it it is it's such a it's laborious like you can't you see why you know you watch any any disney or pixar movie and the list of names that go through like in the credits is huge just because there's so much that needs to be done to to make it work and to make it work well it's um it's intense it's it's a full-on thing I, I i know it enough to to do it but i'm quite okay creative directing it as opposed to <laughs> to doing doing animation hands-on dude totally i was like doing codes and shit i was like do i have a myspace page again like what is this <laughs> <laughs> is tom my friend again yeah, yeah like what is this yeah. but no i i totally would like the whole disney thing like i was making like 30 seconds and like 60 like not sorry not 60 seconds six second long ones and i was like bro this is tiring <laughs> like, like and i've like, just made a ball bounce along and go from one exactly side to the other. i just yeah. made like several flowers spin around just like you know like the fuck <laughs> like, i did see your animations though they were awesome that was that was brilliant i really liked them oh what what i made Your ones yeah yeah they were fantastic oh, thanks yeah no but i started getting really addicted to it and i was yeah. like no i know what happens here we go too far down the rabbit hole <laughs> and then like next minute people will be like can you make me a short story yeah <laughs> be like, like, like Fuck you. but yep. then they'll only offer me like a thousand dollars to do it and I'll be yeah. like, you know well, look i mean you'll have patch creative calling you up saying yeah maddie what are you up to on a jump yeah, on project dude. if you need a flower to spin i'm your girl like honestly. <laughs> that's all we do that's going to be the new business model i think yeah spinning yeah. flowers yeah so how did you get into creativity what was that process like yeah look it's um it's been a it's been a weird path um uh yeah i look i've always been creative um all all the way through through childhood um yeah i've I found sort of drawings as a kid um that i was kind of looking and going okay yeah i, I must have been quite into it because they were quite quite meticulously done and everything um but i grew up with um uh, my my mum was a music teacher and uh and really encouraged arts and um being creative and that so uh yeah yeah i i had that kind of that build from the start and that that support from from my parents to you know do whatever i feel good doing and yeah i think i think as a as a um primary school kid i think i wanted to be a vet um that was my my goal i'm always into animals and creatures and that kind of thing and and to be honest that hasn't really left like i still love um you know animal studies for drawing and and sort of creating different characters and that kind of thing so that's that stuck with me um but i i kind of ditched through high school i ditched the uh the vet side of things and got um really focused on the arts so i think i was um my my senior years were drama 
um, music and uh, visual art were like three of my main subjects. I think I dropped science or something, which, you know, worked out in the end, but could have yeah. been yeah. <laughs> um, Just one of the staples. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I didn't do any science after grade. You didn't? Oh, that's good. Like, fair. if I couldn't nice. have done maths, I wouldn't have done maths. Like, <laughs> even though I did maths A. Like, yeah, I was I was maths A too. Actually, I was the same. Yeah, it was the, yeah. the lowest, simplest maths you could do. Um, you know, yeah. and that, they were saying you won't have a calculator in your pocket, and um, here we are, everyone with a calculator in their pocket. <laughs> Bro, I literally anyway. I so I'll tell you a really funny story about. So I went to girls' grammar, right? And I was yeah. like a rat child, like ADHD, bouncing off the walls. Like, like I used to go to exams yeah. and like write in exams, like, fuck this exam. Why are we doing this? Like, I don't understand the point of any of this. Like, I just had no interest in education. Like, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> I had this calculator and I don't know if you had those like, um, scientific nope. calculators yeah 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 and you could download games onto them oh really i didn't know you could do that that's awesome yeah dude you could download games so i used to just play like there's this one game called pimp where you could like pimp, like pimp the stick, and then like all this other stuff used to play tetris dude i don't nothing from high school because no. i was literally just on that calculator my mom when she got <laughs> that calculator was like wow she loves that calculator <laughs> she's right into maths yeah yeah and i was just playing like video games oh <laughs> awesome. i mean that's a that's a big step up from typing like boobs into you know eight zero zero eight oh dude i was doing yeah. all that shit as well like you know <laughs> yeah but I didn't, I didn't know you could get games that's amazing that's um yeah Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll have to buy one and, and just see if I can get some cool games on it. Well, when your children grow up and they get really involved in their calculator, yep. then you'll know that they're actually More just like playing <laughs> games. What's going on, guys? What's going on? <laughs> but, yeah, dude, like school, I think school was like I didn't go to one of the most encouraging schools for creativity. Mm. But I think it's like important well, not important, but I think, well, yeah, actually it is. It's important for, like, kids and teenagers to have that kind of, like, play. Oh, absolutely. They are interested in it. Look, it's a, it's an outlet. It's a it's a way to way to be expressive without judgment. And I think it's, it is one of those things that, yeah, I, like, I mean, I, I personally, I, I do worry a little bit, you know, about that outlet and, and how, I guess I guess ensuring that everyone has an opportunity to to sort of explore that side of things like creativity is such a it's such a powerful thing as, as humans because it creates that connection. I'm not going to get too philo philosophical here because I I don't really have any qualifications to do so, but I think um I think you can I think you can kind of look at creativity and and see how it gives it gives that connection but it also gives that expression so it's it's it can be really intimate and it can be really personal but it can also be something that that kind of connects everyone together and and has that ability to to sort of bind those relationships and and yeah I think I think it's it's sort of it's something that people really do need to have that opportunity to to explore and especially like through teenage years it must be a it must be a really 
you know, it was a while ago for me, but from what I remember, it was quite a quite a tricky time to navigate. And um, that it, it, I do remember that side of things being quite good to go into the, the visual arts room and, and, you know, work on something that I didn't actually have to be there working on, but I was quite happy to. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it's such a it's such a big thing. So when you finished high school, did you go into studying anything? Yes, I did. Um, I so I had the three options. I my goal was to get into music. Always wanted to play music, play in bands. High school loved Rage Against the Machine. All of the the rock. It was fight the system, fight the power kind of uh, mindset. Um, and then. Uh, Acting was another big one, but but generally music was what I wanted to get into. Went did some auditions at different unis, didn't get into anything, but I auditioned for one acting course, um, which was uh, yeah, and I actually got into it, which I didn't didn't really think I did. I was kind of a bit, you know, half-assed about it all as well. I wasn't wasn't sort of overly keen, but um, went and studied acting for about a year and a half. Um, made some amazing friends that I'm still friends with out of that course, got to like really, it was a very, it was a very interesting course to do straight after school because it was, it was like, you know, five days a week. It was like 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. It was very intensive. Um, you got to really explore yourself and and sort of go through a lot of like emotional development, which after school is is quite intense because you're, you're kind of out in the world all of a sudden. And um, yeah, and and because I grew up in a small town and and had to go away to do this, so it was it was it was a bit of a confronting experience, but a good one at that. Um, didn't last all the way through. Decided to drop out about halfway. Ended up getting into a music course. Went and did that. Played around bands in in Brizzy for for a few years and and hit up all the the different venues in the valley. Had an amazing time doing that. Um, played with a, a couple of guys that we I think we. Must have been about three, three to five years. We kind of did the rounds, and then um, yeah, decided to bundle everything into a, a bit of a um, interdisciplinary um, bachelor's degree, and uh, walked out of there with that, and sort of went, okay, what, what the hell do I do now? Where do I go from here? And um, yeah, just kind of, kind of jumped around a few different jobs. Did uh, taught uh, what was it? Um, ESL teaching, like English as a second language taught that for a little while and then uh, my partner and I decided to move down to Melbourne and go and check out the scene there. I was initially going down because I wanted to do music and I wanted to play in bands in Melbourne and and it is slash was the the place to be for for anything in that that kind of space and I uh, got down there and the first job I got was at a zoo so completely um derailed the direction I was going. So you went back to your animal roots. And back to my animal roots. And I, I went back hard. I actually, I worked at Werribee Zoo. And uh, oh, I don't know if I can say names of places, but uh, yeah, sure. open open plain zoo in, in Melbourne. And uh, I was actually the safari driver. So I had like a little headset and I drove this big bus and told told people facts about the animals and all that kind of thing. And it was, it was honestly, it was such a fun job. It was so so cool and i i had to wear like khaki so i was like full steve Irwin sort of vibes and um yeah it was it was great i had i had a lot of fun doing that but it was like a long drive to get there so i was kind of on the fence with the money wasn't great but it was just like you know working in a zoo driving in this bus was awesome um we used to get like charged by rhinos and um giraffes come up to the windows all this kind of thing so it was, it was 
yeah. Um, but yeah, and I at that time I sort of fell into um, I fell into this consulting um, consulting kind of area that that was about running these these sort of programs for big businesses and government departments and that about um, kind of making really big decisions quite quickly. So they're very like accelerated um, type workshops, and they'd come in and there'd be a team of kind of creatives that would help deliver the programs and. I, um, I I kind of came on uh, through a, a contact of mine and, and he sort of said, oh, come, and, come and try this out. Um, it was actually, actually my cousin. He said, come and, come and give this a go and, and see what you reckon. And this was probably about 14 years ago now, I think, and I, I sort of went down and, and did my first one and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'll, I'll give it a go. And, yeah, got to, got to kind of start doing it and there was this weird thing they did that was that was called graphic recording and it was basically live capture of conversations being drawn out on like a whiteboard or, or butcher's paper most of the time we use whiteboards and uh i i sort of just got thrown in the deep end and they said i oh, just we, we're doing a meeting can you get up on the board and, and do some graphic recording or scribing for us and i was like oh, okay or well, i'll give it a go um total you know baptism by fire Type situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yep, let's do it. Let's see how we go. And um, yeah, and and that's that's something that um that was basically my sort of foray back into into visual arts. And I, I'd always done I'd always drawn, um, much like yourself, Maddie. I was, you know, sketching in my notebooks through school and drawing pictures all over them while I'm kind of half listening, half half into it. And um yeah, and and that that gave me that opportunity to kind of re-explore that and like i said that was about 14 years ago and and i i kept contracting with that for a while and we made um, my partner and i made the decision to leave melbourne after a couple of years and go over to the uk so we went over to the uk and uh, met a couple of um, guys who ran a very small consultancy that did similar stuff over there and and they said uh i i went and i i, I met one of them on one job and I got in touch and said, look, I'm, I'm looking for work. You know, London's expensive. Need to jump onto something. And said, oh, come and meet us at this place. Um, we've actually got some stuff we might get you onto. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know where the place was, still new to London, and went to this big, it was next to a train station, but it was this big, like, beautiful building. And these two guys come out in, like, tuxedos and they've got a glass of champagne in their hands and they're basically they're attending a wedding that was there and they came out to um to talk to me about the job during the wedding and uh <laughs> come and have a chat so i see these dudes like rocking out in, in tuxedos and they said oh um we've got this job um it's it's actually uh, it's going to be five weeks of work. Would you be keen? I'm like, oh my god, yes, let's do this. I really need the money. Like we're, you know, just trying to get settled and all that. And they're like, okay, so just so you know, it's five weeks, but it's going to be uh, in Hong Kong, Singapore, and then Sydney. And um, we're leaving next week. <laughs> so, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so I had to call my partner and I'm like, so I got the job with them, but, <laughs> and we just moved over to London. It was like, I think it was like November. So it was like going into winter over there. Um, and then I'm heading basically back where we just came from. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the warm stuff. But I, I, I went and did it and, and it was fantastic. It was, you know, five weeks of um, getting to work, doing doing visuals, doing, doing graphics. And I ended 
ended up with with those two guys in their company. I ended up having about a ten year relationship with them, um, and all of nearly all of their work was was overseas. So I got to travel a lot of Asia doing work with them. UAE, uh, we went to Argentina and Chile, America, all that kind of thing. So. That was awesome, and and it was really it kind of I saw two guys who were really savvy with their business, and they they worked really hard, and they kind of cultivated this way that they would operate, and um, yeah, it was look, it was just fantastic to to kind of see how a business can run really well, and and work work with good people as well. So so that kind of gave me a bit of a, a bit of a nudge into go, all right, let's do this myself. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. Oh, like. <laughs> what a life like honestly i'm so jealous you got to live in melbourne <laughs> yeah oh yes that that was definitely a, a winner i mean brisbane now i do i mean brisbane's really really kicking it at the moment um and and it, look it has been but i think it's it's stepping on to a next level but yeah i mean melbourne melbourne intro was great like it was it was such a great place to live down there and you know i was young and stupid so just having a great time all the time and and yeah yeah but it was it was it's been a it's been a funny kind of point to get get here as well it's it's been a winding path <laughs> dude that's incredible like those opportunities it's it was it was funny because it like i just kind of went with it and you know i one one other thing i really did realize from it was it was it was about relationships it was um it was about building those relationships and and i guess maintaining them and and it's actually a lesson i'm kind of re-going through at the moment with a lot of our our clientele that we'll sort of do a job with the client and then and then once the job's done that's it okay you know, we move on, they move on kind of thing. And it's making me realize how important it is to kind of go, okay, that job went really well. Let's, let's catch up again soon. And, and actually following through with that and maintaining that. But uh, a lot of it is about being, having those relationships, like from a business sense, but also from a personal sense and being authentic about it because anyone can, people smell bullshit and, and they know when, you're doing something for for another reason so if you're actually reaching out or you know connecting with people from a real point of view it's gonna it's gonna make such a big difference as a creative as a business person as a even as a friend like having that open channel is is so crucial and and that i've i've found that through that that whole process and you know be being open to actually communicating and having those conversations yeah, one of the things that I've been really transparent about this year is giving feedback to people. So, um, like adjusting feedback and, you know, good feedback, but mostly like adjusting feedback. And if people's like language and tone of voice, like tone of voice and whatever is rude um, or like demanding, like I had someone say, um to give you an example like you know and he's a friend of mine but he was like oh i'll probably forget that i have to do this can you remind me and i'm like mm. dude get a calendar like i'm mm. not your boss i'm also your friend and that sounded rude like yeah. you, can't be, yeah. you can't be saying that to clients like if i was a client i would not come back to you like yeah. you know what i mean and it's not because i know better it's because like i actually want to help his business and i do you know what i mean like oh, totally. i feel like people yeah. just step aside on giving people actual feedback these days 
and then they're like, oh, I don't know why, like, this happened or this happened or, like, you know. And it's like people actually need to have feedback and if you work by yourself like this person does, he probably never gets any feedback, you know. Uh, it, it, I completely agree, Maddie, and I think it's um, it, it's one of those things that fe- feedback isn't necessarily a criticism, and I think people get can kind of get really caught up in that mindset of feeling like if if you're giving feedback, it's saying I don't think you've done a good job, or I don't think your 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 work's at a quality, or or you're being very nice or anything. What what it is is it's saying. I, I've noticed this and I just want to communicate that with you. And I think a lot of the time it can it can really solve so many problems that can just get way out of hand by just having that little bit more openness and that little bit more clarity about what what you see about someone else or what you see about a situation. And and it can, it can, it can really diffuse stuff that that could get a lot bigger. And I mean, we I find that with clients, like if if that communication isn't happening or if we're not actually getting to to a sustainable point in a project that we can kind of see things derailing a little bit let's let's have a conversation and let's let's talk through what the issues are yeah totally totally man i had this one client say to me we had this really successful job and then she was like i'm going to send you another three thousand dollars and then she never sent me the money that's so awkward (laughs) and i would like hit her up how do you even approach that I know, like she oh, was literally no. like, she was like, oh, Maddie, it's been really successful. Like, we love what you did. Like, we're going to send you an extra 3K just like as a bonus to say thanks. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and no. so I kept hitting her up being like, hey, you kept, you promised me this 3K. Like, I'm here yeah. to collect. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a, it's a, I mean, being a bonus, it's kind of hard to ask. It'd be, I imagine, it'd be really difficult to ask for as well to kind of be like, oh, you know how you said that. Extra- no, dude, I was literally just like replying to that email she sent, being like, hey, here's my bank details. I've sent you an invoice. Just checking like, in. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with this? And then she came to because I'm just want to talk on the basis of relationships right and then she came to yeah. me and she was like oh do you want to do some more work together and I was like but what about that 3k mm. like you know like what <laughs> happened there yeah I just yeah. want to know like do you guys have money because like I don't want to enter in another contract with you guys and you guys not have any money like I'm concerned like, <laughs> exactly you I know mean- like you could you could always do that. That next job is just three k more expensive than the last job, and uh, and just bundle it all together. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude. But we yeah. started like working on like workshopping ideas for this other job, and then she's just like dropped out of nowhere. So I'm just like, man, I have no idea what is going on. But yeah. like, that's it, it. It's funny, isn't it? You some clients are just really unpredictable, and. We, I had I had one um, a client that we we sort of set up with and and it was all going really well and then there was some stuff that happened I think in their life and they they communicated it and they were, they were really sort of open about it and everything and then it took them a while to sort of come back to and we said no problem whenever you're ready and then the the project just kind of disappeared like. It, it all got paid for in the end. There was no like financial stuff, but nothing came of it and it sort of didn't go anywhere. And 
we sort of we sort of asked for feedback and and just didn't really get anything back because I mean I like personally with with any project whether it's, it's something I'm creating personally or with that you know is being created with with the agency with our contractors and that kind of thing like I want to know that it's going to be used and if not like I want to talk about why it hasn't been used or why why it might not actually be sort of did, did something go wrong are you not happy with what you've got because i mean as an artist i think everyone every creative wants to know that like as much as we want to separate the creative from the you know the the commodity and the the business side of it we, i think that's almost impossible i think we're always going to be a little bit emotionally attached to what we create and produce so if that actually doesn't get used and doesn't get put out there we kind of just want to know why it's like oh what what happened um i don't know do you feel the same maddie like that's that's kind of kind of how i feel about it afterwards yeah yeah i do yeah like i don't know i feel like post covid there's been some weird shit going on with my past clients and the clients that I've been working with like you know I had to hire a lawyer for one because mm -hmm. like they they were just pushing professional boundaries and wouldn't leave me alone if I signed this agreement with them and they kind of felt like they owned me a little bit wow. and yep. so and they wanted me to do this stuff that had no legal backing on me and I was just like that this is ridiculous. So I actually had to fork out money from my business savings and get a lawyer on retainer. Like it's it's about real it's about establishing that relationship, isn't it? It's about going, I'm here to provide you a service of something that I have perfected this skill over so many years. And that skill that I use to create this, you you're going to to pay financially for it and create some input to to sort of collaborate on it that's that's what the relationship is so it is transactional there's a relationship of trust so there has to be that trust that you know i as a creative i'm going to deliver for you and i'm going to 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 use the money that you're putting into this in a in a good way that's going to create something that's of value to you but there also has to be that trust that that we're we're going to work together on this and it's not going to be something where we're actually going to be battling each other and and i think i think i mean you never know all of the circumstances but at the same time as empathetic as you can be to, to most situations you can't always get it right I just I ended up talking to this person and he was like, dude, what the fuck? Like he was just like, don't worry about it. He's like, we'll handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But don't worry. That like, and to anybody listening, like there are horror clients out there, but there's like uh, some really, really, really good clients too. But like you gotta have your horrors to have your good ones. And and you the the really unfortunate thing is you remember the bad ones and most of the time you're 95% of your clients are fantastic and you can they're sorry they're fantastic or they're completely neutral and it's a good it's a simple relationship you know they're happy you're happy you move on that's great um most of your clients are good it's unfortunately the bad ones are the ones that you you do remember and and they they stick in your mind and i think I think like you like you're saying, Marty, like you take it personally and it it's with you and it's something that you want to you, you want to resolve in a way, like you want it to end well. You don't want it to to go to that that point. But unfortunately, people are people, and that's what they do. Yeah, man. Human emotions are weird. They you are. Know, you'd never know <laughs> if you're dealing with a narcissist or not. But you know, I think it's also 
like, and this is just my advice to anybody working with certain clients, if you get a weird vibe about them, like there's like, you know, you don't have to jump into it. You know, I the only reason why I jumped into that contract was because it was COVID and I, I had a weird feeling about it. But mm. I was like, I need the money. Like yeah, anything, yeah. you know. Oh, and, absolutely. And I was talking to people about it because I was like, oh, I don't really like this five-year term. Like I think it should be like two. And then people were like, just sign it. And I was like, mm. okay, whatever. And I just, anyway. But um, yeah. going on to your clients. So you've worked with some really impressive people like, um, you know, Quag and Goma, Hamish and Andy, Queensland Rail, Brisbane Powerhouse, the Queensland Government, Coles, the ABC. What was your first big client and what was that like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, first big one. Um, geez, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm going through a few. Look, I'll 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 pull out the ones that that are most memorable. Um, mm -hmm. Look, I think I, I because I when I when I worked with the consultancy, there was a lot of um, we worked with a lot of clients in that in the corporate and government space. So you know, big telcos, banks, government departments, all that kind of thing. So that that kind of set up that, I guess, that way of working and talking with those kind of people. So it wasn't, I sort of probably didn't, I didn't kind of go from working with, you know, for doing projects for like friends and family to suddenly kind of getting those, those corporate clients. I, I was kind of already working in that field by proxy a bit. So it was already kind of there and around me. I knew how to talk to, to people in those kind of jobs and, and, and sort of more senior leaders, like we had CEOs there and all that kind of thing. So I kind of, I built a bit of a dialogue already with that. So once I kind of, I, I, I moved away from working with that consultancy or the, the couple of consultancies I was working with at the time, I, what I found was I, I kind of knew how to, to talk to these different places. So I think from memory, we, we, I did work with probably my first sort of client out of there was a bank and it wasn't any, like, wasn't an exceptionally exciting job. I do remember, um, I was, because the graphic recording side of things kind of became my um, bread and butter. So, and it's still actually funnily enough is in the business. It still plays such a big part. And, and that was my bread and butter. So whenever I'd get another project where they said, oh, hey, can you, you know, do a poster design or can you do, you know, this other kind of more illustrative, more artistic kind of project, they were the ones that I started going, oh, this is cool. I like this. Let's let's see where this goes. And um, and that gave me that, that prompt to go, okay, well, graphic recording is great and that's chugging everything along, but how about I start doing some cool shit? How about I start finding out where I can go with this? And I think probably the first big one that came along was the the Hamish and Andy job. Um, and it was actually one of the first and, and still one of the only jobs that I've got through Instagram. So most of my work has come through word of mouth, um, especially around the sort of Brisbane scene and then, and then beyond. Um, Word of mouth and and just kind of email inquiries is sort of how I've gotten most of the work. So this one this one came through um, uh, through through Instagram and uh, their producer um, Jack he he got in touch and said, oh hey look, really like your work. Would you would you be keen to do a t shirt for the the band um, tour that they're about to do? And 
it was a really interesting job because I it hadn't they hadn't decided what the t-shirt would be about or what the design would be about and I had to actually listen um to the radio as it was playing out to kind of find out what the themes would be so so as I was like working on other projects I've just got like the headphones on listening to their their radio show and kind of picking up on different things that would pop out so I could have that kind of depth in the the um the image at the end and uh we ended up I think it was like a it was a the um a flight theme and it was about them on a private jet tour and all that kind of thing and um yeah and look it, it turned out great the the shirt shirt got um sort of put up on their website and they they sold it and um had it sort of around everywhere and and yeah um it was just a great great project and and really sort of fun entry i guess into working with some sort of more high profile clients oh my god i love that and do you not know that there's a secondary degree of separation here um andy's girlfriend follows me on instagram <laughs> so, oh, really? yeah, oh, that's how small australia is oh mate it's uh the, you always find that connection don't you that's brilliant <laughs> yeah no that's so funny i love hamish and andy that would have been like so i don't know i think because like they were also so big in like the early 2000s like oh, that totally. would have been like awesome to get as a job just to be like oh my god these guys who are like literal tastemakers of australia are like hitting me up for my design like, that's awesome Oh, it was, it was so, it was so, um, I guess, confirming. Like I just kind of went, oh, wow. Okay. Right. Like I can, I can kind of, I can play in this field now. Like I can be in that area. And I think it's still like, it's still kind of getting my head around that to sort of get to that point. But, um, you know, after, after I got that, you know, putting, putting them as a, you know, as a client on the website, definitely kind of created that engagement with other clients. So like, oh, I saw you worked with those guys and, um yeah so so that was a really great start to to kind of look at okay graphic recording is great and i really enjoy it um but what what like more high profile stuff can i get and that and that it did from there um i sort of started to find myself you know move in different areas yeah yeah no that's an, i mean i'm looking at your list of things that i'm like man i need to think more like a man you know yeah my my man brand <laughs> it's because um, so, yeah. when i was talking to kyle there's like this thing that people say which is that like women typically will be apprehensive before they go ahead and um agree to something whereas men will just be like yep like what is it i'll do it like i can do anything you know kyle, and i'm just like yeah. i'm like man i like i know that i just focus on one very very niche style but I'm like, I'm like, man, I look through your list of people and I'm like, damn, that's so good. Like, seriously, you should be so, like, proud of yourself, you know, of oh, building. I totally am. Yeah, I totally am, Maddie. I, th I think, um, I mean, I, I'm absolutely chuffed. And I, I do, you know, the, the fact of sort of where I am and and that I can actually, that I have built a business that, that can actually support my family and, and that is is pretty like it, it still feels great um but i do like what what you're sort of saying like that that saying yes to things and and um and continually kind of pushing through and and saying you know like i'll work on that when you know i'll just work out how to do that when once i get going and and i really i have taken that approach to it like i have just said you know my fir the first animation job i ever got 
I remember having a call with the client and they were they were a consultancy and um he asked do you do this and i said yeah sure no problem yeah all good and i i literally had never done it before so it was i was basically learning um uh after effects as i as i did this job for this big client and um uh i remember a call with him probably like a week or two into the project and i was sort of trying to like you know say oh yeah I'm, i'm just i'm about to get to that point i'm you know trying to work it out and he sort of paused and he said um jimmy i I just want to check can you do this like can you actually deliver on this and i i sort of i had to take a breath because it must have been something in my voice that he kind of heard my my doubt of where everything was at and um and i, I did i sort of t- i sort of paused and just kind of thought okay shit, can i can i actually do this am i am i on the right track or am i just you know am i kidding myself and and i think i think i did kind of snap things into gear a little bit there and and say okay no that's cool like if if i want to do animation if i want this to be part of what i do this is this is the point where i need to kind of push through with it and and you know like obviously late nights and and you know bleary eyes and and trying to trying to move little keyframes in after effects and all that kind of thing became a big part of just trying to trying to make it work but um look at it's paid off and at the same time i do appreciate it it takes a not just a lot of courage but it's to for someone to trust you when you're saying yes you can do something when you haven't done it before is a lot and i think you know what what you're sort of touching on before as well around you know like the the man brain saying yes that kind of thing i like i recognize my privilege in it as well and having that trust of a client for, to to trust me when i when i do kind of feel a little bit like maybe i can't deliver on this there is there is an element of privilege in that and there is an element of you know trusting that i'll deliver when i i might be kind of a little bit shaky on it and i i i am lucky for that but i do recognize my position in the industry with that yeah no definitely and thanks for acknowledging your privilege as having just natural man brain yeah (laughs) (laughs) my privileged natural man brain yeah um yeah no but but i mean there there is look it's um you know i i do i do recognize and i have have had situations where you know i'll be i'll be in uh, i i have had them before where i'll be in like a a room with either a client or a contract or someone i've been dealing with and you know the i'm i'm getting talked to more than the the um the woman who's standing next to me and that kind of thing when realistically they're the ones kind of driving the conversation and and it is it's, it's something that you know it, it's 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 getting there but it's getting there slowly and i i don't think it it needs to um you know it, it needs to be sort of acknowledged more yeah totally um yeah no when I, before i put my like full name out my uh, people used to think i was a man and i was like oh like uh, imagine yeah. imagine a man calling himself mad butt like what the fuck like, <laughs> what anyway. yeah. <laughs> um yeah no but i think like i don't know i just think it's so awesome that it's a business especially a business from you know that's australian and it's creative um, to see how much, I guess, like the communities and those big organisations have like wrapped around you and and kind of helped 
I mean, it's obvious that you keep relationships really, really well. Um, I would almost say that you're like an extrovert because going through your work and the case studies on your website, there's like a lot of repeat jobs. Mm. Um, and so I guess like this is leading into my next question, which is like if you had any advice for artists wanting to start their own agency, what would it be? I mean, you brought up the relationships. Is there anything else that you would add? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, look, de definitely relationships, but, oh, God, it's. I, I'm trying to think of something that doesn't sound too corny, but I've got the corniest one in my head. But basically it, it it's just going for it. Like it's really just kind of pushing and don't stop pushing because I I think it's so easy to to make the mistakes, but the the hard part is making the mistakes and then learning from them because that's that's where you need to go. Oh, that that sucked, um, or maybe you kind of you move on in your career and you realize it sucked later on. Like at the time, you're thinking this is awesome. I'm producing amazing stuff that's gonna gonna help me build things. And then you you realize that that's not so much the case. Um, but but it's look it's it's a journey and it, it's not it's not a quick thing. It's not something that's um, that's going to quickly happen. But the journey is the important part. It's about kind of taking those steps. And I mean, I look at where I'm at in my journey, and there are some fantastic accolades that that I have kind of gone through. But I also still don't feel like I'm at that point whatever that point is that i'm i'm trying to get to so i think you will enjoy the journey but you also get frustrated with the journey and you'll get you know get in your head about the journey and and think that you're either further on or further back than you actually are but it's not it that's kind of the whole part of it is having those opportunities to sort of to to grow and thrive but with with an agency if looking from that perspective i mean you you've got to be business savvy and if you're if you're not business savvy you got to learn how to become business savvy which is which is sort of what i've done i'm i definitely never set out to start a business or own a business i i'm very lucky that in my family i had some people that i could really look up to who did start and run their own businesses my my granddad ran a little electric electrical company um that that did really well and kind of got to a really good point and um he was a he was a great on, entrepreneur my mum did the same thing started a great great business that's um that's still going so i've i've had that inspiration i've seen that happen but it wasn't something i ever set out to do and i think i've learned a lot and i've had to learn a lot because you can't be ignorant to stuff in business or it, it eats you alive. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it, it's something that you've, you've got to be open to learning about. I think if, if you're not interested in it, that's totally cool as well. I think it's okay to, to, to be a freelancer or to be a, um, uh, to be, you know, just someone who, who operates in, in for an agency or something like that, um, which is, which is totally fine as well. Cause, cause sometimes it is a nicer feeling when everything else is handled and all you've got to do is create. Oh, dude, totally. And you don't have to make like decisions and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, have meetings with people and kind of put yourself out there. Oh, totally. I mean, being being able to, um, you know, 
uh, since since COVID, just being able to like dial into most of my meetings and and not actually have to wear shoes or or you know long pants is uh, is definitely a winner. And um, I think for a lot of people, especially when you have to have meetings that you can just dial in and cut off quickly, you don't have to go, you know, jump in the car, jump in the on, on public transport and go to the place that you need to. It does take a lot of that out. But at the same time, when you're doing um, video calls back to back, say, like, you know, five calls in a row for new clients, you've got to be on nonstop and you've got to have that energy um, to, to sound passionate about what you do and, and feel good about what you do and, and tell them how you feel about it too. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I just thinking of other advice, it, probably one of the biggest things about being a creative director of an agency and, and selling to clients, um, it's really about listening. It's about, you need to listen to what your client wants, who they are, and you need to try and empathize with them because that's what's going to help you to understand what they need and provide them with the best possible thing that you can give them. There's a lot in that and it, it can be quite difficult to actually empathize and understand, especially if they are not giving you everything that you need. For example, um, maybe more corporate clients are kind of speaking in code, that kind of thing. I think as a um, as a creative, we we need to kind of simplify things for our clients, and and that's I mean essentially what we do is a lot of internal comms. So we do um, do a lot of that work where we'll simplify complex messages. But yeah, re listening listening really carefully and then kind of almost reading it back to them can be a really good way to to get that buy in and, and form that relationship. Yes. Keywords like what I'm hearing is. Yeah. Dot, dot. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. I think like um, one of the worst pieces of advice that I got when I was first starting out, I've said this a few times now, was um, I was told that like certain jobs weren't up to my calibre of what I should be doing. Mm. And I found that on upon reflection, that was like super limiting. So I think if you're like, I mean, now it's a little bit different. Like now I wouldn't take a job that's less than a certain amount of money because mm. I just, I can't be bothered. Like, you know, like I would rather work on what I want to work on and I'll direct them to people who are within their budget, you know, and I'll be like, go to them. They can, yeah. they can help you definitely, you know, um, but it's just like your capacity. But like at the beginning, I was like, literally being mentored by this person who had um who was getting like fifty thousand dollar jobs and stuff and i like never went to art school or anything like you know and, <laughs> and i'd get this like 250 dollar job and he'd be like no 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 like <laughs> let's let's sort that out yeah and i oh. i like but i was just also like i was looking back on it and i was reflecting on it when i turned 30 and i was like man like <laughs> That could have been really fun, those jobs that you turned down. But I, there were certain jobs I'm glad I turned down. Like, if you think that you're being taken for a ride, though, mm. like, there was this one roller skating company that hit me up who wanted to do a skateboard with one of my – or I, they wanted me to make a certain skateboard for them and they would mm -hmm. sell it on their website and in their stores around the world. They were owned by Globe, by the way, which is, like, one of the largest yeah. skating companies in the world. Oh and they were going to pay me $1,500 and no commissions on sales. 
<laughs> and oh God. I was like, are you kidding? Like, this isn't my first rodeo. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. Know? And, and <laughs> I, I think and it's, it's funny because I think clients like that, they sort of, they want to test whether you will push back as well. They want to kind of... They, they'll see if they can just sort of get away with it and then if you can push you push back and sort of, you know, do, do the proper negotiation tactic and say, well, no, this is actually what that job's worth. Um, you, you never, because you never know, because they might come back and go, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, we'll pay you what you're asking. <laughs> but they're just, they're just trying it on to see if they can get away with it first, which is, is very cheeky and it, it does take advantage of, you know, artists out there who are, who are sort of, you know, maybe not savvy to that way of things, right? Yeah, and I think it was also, like, their team had a very small budget. Globe wasn't willing to do that. That wasn't how they'd set it up before. And yeah. I was, because I had reached out to other artists on their website and asked them if they had what their setup was like and they got commissions and sales, and they said no. And mm. so I was must have been, like, the first person to push back on it. Um, and I was yeah. I was just, like, flabbergasted. Like, I was like, you guys literally... Like, and they, and the one thing that annoyed me was that they were like, oh, um, you'll get the exposure from my Instagram account. And I'm like, I don't need your exposure. You guys are coming to me. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, don't, like, <laughs> don't use that, that dirty E word around here. <laughs> you know, like, I, I honestly, like, I would love to work with you, but like, not for that much money. And you no. guys earn a lot of money. And also, they were selling the skateboards for $250. Oh, my God. I know. Like if they were selling, if they were giving them away for free, I'd be like, sure. Like, yeah, makes yeah. Sense. But like, oh my god, oh, it just drives you up the wall, doesn't it? When you when you know that there's profit coming out on the other side, that you just kind of go, well, hang on, <laughs> can you see the problem here? Can you please listen yeah. to me. And I did some like quick mental math, and like, yes, I know my maths isn't my best score in high school but like I did the mental math and like I was like man I think at first I just asked them for like a five percent commission and I was like you know if you guys sell like 160,000 of these or like 100,000 of these you'll be earning like millions of dollars and I'd get like a few grand yeah le less than less than two grand yeah, yeah, like, there's, uh, there's, we, a, there's a problem there yeah can we like talk about this but no i think all that advice mm. is really good um man being an artist is i can't, can't believe we're in 2024 right now and i'm just mm. thinking about it and i'm like being creative is good but i feel like this year for being creative is going to be like amazing and people just need to set more boundaries with like themselves and other people and you know and like does that make sense? I don't yeah. know. No, it does. It does, mate. I think. I think, like you, you as an artist, I think you know what what you're worth, and and it can take. It takes a. It's a journey to get there. It's like you. It takes a little while for you to understand really what you're worth and feel comfortable with that. No, what you're saying before, like you're you're talking to to a mentor who's who's in the fifty thousand dollar job sort of point of view, like that. I, I sort of look back on what I was charging years ago and just kind of go, holy shit, like that's that was so low. Like I, I know my worth work wasn't where it is now, but it was also worth more than what I was actually charging. And I yeah. think as you kind of, it's like you're walking upstairs and as you kind of go up each step, 
in in what your work's value you get more comfortable with it so as you kind of get higher and higher you kind of look back and go yeah that's way too low where i'm at now is is a good place and um i i think you like especially i mean building building an artistic brand is a really tricky thing because you've got to be so externally aware of of what you do but once you build that brand that's where your value is and i think i my my personal thoughts are like you as an artist is a brand and as that brand that's the value of of your product and what you put out there and your i guess your collaboration as well whether you're working with a bigger brand or whether you're just creating commission pieces the fact that you can produce that in your style and by you is what the what the value is actually coming through from a financial point of view but also from a um from a you know a hanging on your wall kind of point of view yeah no totally i don't have anything else to add to that but just know your value yeah, yeah. and you can always exactly. change it you know mm. um, oh, totally you, i mean artists artists develop and and change styles and yeah i, I had a um you know, and I, I've sort of been trying to think more like an artist recently because um, I've, I've actually just been signed up by an agency myself and... Um, Which it's agency? Called, uh, the Drawing Arm. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is um, kind of came out of nowhere as well and, and I'm, like, so pumped about it. It's really exciting. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of... I've kind of had to get back into that mindset of, like, okay, I'm an artist. What do I do again? Like, what's my what's my style? How do I draw stuff? And, um, and, and yeah, and I think it, it's been quite um, quite a nice little journey to kind of get back to that and, and start to kind of realise my brand and actually put it... Especially putting it in front of an agent and being, like, Here, here's the kind of stuff I do and how would you kind of pitch me and how would you put me out there? And it's it's been great it's been a been a great experience i had um i did a, a job with uh, not a job i uh had my, i had an artwork that got put into a, an exhibition with the design kids um a, a little while ago and um and they they sort of said oh you know can you just kind of have you got something you can put forward and i thought oh, shit, i i probably do but i want to create something new i'm i'm not satisfied with just um finding something to to give you i'll do something specific for it and i kind of just threw something on the because I, I, I work digitally most of the time and and threw something under the ipad and and started playing around with it and that actually kind of informed like a whole new style that i hadn't really played around with much and opened up this this kind of new new version of of where i was going and it was completely unexpected because i was just doing this because i got asked to submit an artwork into the um into this uh this exhibition and um yeah it's i mean that it's amazing where that kind of motivation and and inspiration can come from when you you're actually not expecting anything magical to happen yeah yeah so, no, definitely yeah. i agree when I was finding that new style of like spray paint collage ribbon paste is what I call it. That was mm. like that. I was just like, man, I'm like, I just need to do something else. Like, you know, but I just went on the agency. Congratulations on that. The, um, um, agents, the drawing arms website, they have some really impressive artists and you're already on there. I'm up there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks Maddie. That's incredible. Yeah, um 
I'm pretty pumped. It's um, it, it was it was kind of a goal of mine for a while, like ages ago, like years ago now, and I hadn't sort of thought sort of too much of it again because I kind of just got the the patch creative agency going, and um, yeah, and and had a chat with them recently, and and it just kind of sparked up, and yeah, they they've got some incredible artists um that uh that and they've got a really it's quite consistent the sort of work they like the different artists all have their own style but they produce like yeah. a kind of consistency in it. Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, I think when I had an agent, that was the problem, was that he didn't really know how to like differentiate me to the other artists that he would represent and that sort of thing. But everything that they that they have up looks completely different um, to each person's style, which is yeah. nice. It is, it is, and it, yeah, because I think with, with agency, it's it's really um, like representational agency. I mean, um, it's really about that presentation side of things. It's about like how do you how do you pitch certain artists and and put them forward for the right jobs and right roles. Yeah. So, who are some of your favorite artists? Um, you know what? I heard you. I heard you ask this in one of the other episodes, and I've, I'm so bad with names. So actually, <laughs> I wrote them down. Oh, I know she's going to ask me that. I'm just going to totally forget about it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, look, uh, there's it, it, this is, I always find it so difficult because I'm always inspired by different artists, but I just kind of, I I guess I just sort of, I pay attention, but I I forget quite quickly. And I'm like, I love mm -hmm. that. That's amazing. And that's kind of in my mental creative bank. Um, but, look, I mean, locally, Brisbane, there are some amazing artists here. And... I I've really loved seeing the kind of culture of of kind of art that's been happening in Brisbane, and I think it's really starting to get this amazing identity of of who kind of produces here, and um, definitely people like Phoebe Paradise um, and Tori J are two like that. I just reckon smash it up here. They do such a great job. Um, I think I think in Australia in general, um, there's a, a um, guy signed to I think he's signed to Jackie Pinter, um, Guy Shield, um, and illustration wise, he's just he's a freak of nature. He just he creates so like the the illustrations are just exceptional like from composition to sort of realism and and then but then like the the kind of interpretation of a scene is just so incredibly done um but yeah no he's fantastic um james fosdyke um does a lot of uh illustration based stuff and then like people like jessery who do um uh great street art and um and other sort of mural type work, which is fantastic. But I think on on an international level, um, I, th I kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of artists. I I think growing up, I I was definitely inspired by in my work, and like I grew up reading like um, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, and and so I love like Bill Watterson's work and um, Far Side, Gary Larson type mm -hmm. stuff, Ad Magazine, all that kind of thing. So. That was definitely built into my, you know, mindset growing up. And then I think as I got older, I, I did get into like, um, you know, a lot of the kind of weirdness of Tim Burton's illustrations and um, then some of the old, like the, the really old school character design in Disney that the nine old men did. Um, so I think I think a lot of that on a, on a bigger level, when, when I was kind of, <clears throat> when I was kind of, um, 
going into that phase of wanting really wanting to be an illustrator, which I, I still kind of am, I think people like um, uh, there's a guy called Max Ulichny, um, who I think he's uh, he's either I think he's Russian. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I apologize if I got that wrong, but um, he he makes um, digital brushes and he just has the most incredible illustration style. So his characters and his lighting and everything were just fantastic. Um, but then also uh, Maria Tiarina um, is an illustrator in in London, I think, and she does she does some incredible work. Um, I've I've got my camera off now, but I've actually got one of her piece original um, watercolors up on my wall, and um, yeah, so I'm like so so happy to have that in my in my space. It's um, yeah, she does some beautiful work. Oh, I love this artist supporting artists. Yeah, yeah, I buy way too much art. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, we're about yeah. to move in together, and he was like, He's like, Oh, where are we gonna put all my art? I'm like, Mate, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even have enough room for all my art. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get your get your art, you know, just just prioritize, like, lay them all yeah. out on the floor, we'll go through which one. <laughs> yeah, no, before he moved in, we, we put up some of his artwork because I wanted him to because I have like a big wall filled with art and I wanted him to feel like included you know um because he loved that wall but anyway so Mm. Jimmy we're coming up to the end of our convo um and I just wanted to ask you what you guys have going on in 2024 yeah so look it's been a it's been a big um, transition for this year. I, we've uh, obviously, like I said before, I've, I've been signed to an agency now. Um, <clears throat> so we're as a as our own our own kind of studio with Patch Creative. We've got some pretty big ambitions. Um, we're we're still really pumped about all the client work we're doing. We've got heaps going on. Um, our next the, the next sort of focus though is we want to be creating our own content. So we want to do a lot of like self produced projects that we've we've strategized and i say we i mean um the amazing chloe on my team who organizes everything and and puts everything into an amazing structure um but we we, we're looking at we're looking at producing like some um, kids books we're going to do some short films um a whole bunch of other i want to get into some more like uh installation based stuff so um character work that's sort of three-dimensional and and in a space um yeah look we've, we've got a big list of stuff so i'm hoping we can really smash some of that out and um and hit some good goals and and sort of not be as reactive of a business but more of an active business or actually kind of creating our own our own content so yeah that's that's the plan that's amazing i love that it's just like simple and it's like you know what actually i was thinking about while we were having this conversation this is probably like I don't know if you guys have done this already, but with the um, graphics that you guys make, you should put them on Canva, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> no, legit, because, like, I use Canva for my marketing work. Oh, totally, totally. And it's so there's so many, like, it's so great to have the resources up there. That's, um, yeah, that's a great idea. But also, I'm like, I feel as though there's like such a limited spread. Like once you've been on Canva for like a year or two, you're like, man, like we need to diversify this a bit. <laughs> it's, it's so stylized, isn't it? Like everything's very like what the current the current design trend is. It's uh, it's right there. 
I feel like it is getting a little bit better now that they put AI in, though. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, there's you, you can kind of you get the the whole web <laughs> feeding the whole the whole internet feeding into your design. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on my potty. Thank you, Maddie. It was great. Thanks so much for having me and and letting me waffle on for a while. That's okay. You're good. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was recorded on Yagra and Turable land. Sovereignty was never ceded. The episode was produced by myself, Madeline Butini. And if you would like to support 1-800-MADBUTT, you can head to my website, madbutt.com.au. Or you can also go to our Instagram and follow us there. Of course, we appreciate any reviews. So please leave us one if you'd love it. And yeah, hope to see you again. Thank you.